Welcome to Tin Pan Alley. I and I'm floating. I'm never this open, but you make me wanna try. Lost in the moment. I'm gone and I know it. I could do this all night. My name's Joe, and I created this podcast for everyone who loves songwriting and art and everything creative as much as I do. I'm so glad you tuned in, and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. May it inspire you to be creative. Hi, Charlie. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Um, how have you been doing? I'm I'm good, thanks. And yeah, thanks for having me. It's a, it's great to be invited and to take part. Yeah, um, you've recently published a, um, a single, Crash and Burn. That's right. Only like what a month ago? Yeah, um, 12th of March. So just around about just over a month ago. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that single? What is it like? What is the theme? What what was going through your mind when writing that song? Well, basically. Um, I do like my my sort of job in music in terms of what I do for a living is is writing songs with other artists and sort of for other artists. Um, and then a few years back, I kind of was doing that, but I was also starting to really miss being an artist myself, you know, um, and just kind of being able to make music really the way I want to do it and not have to kind of compromise my sort of vision, I suppose is one word for it. Um, because as a songwriter for hire, you're kind of, you're there to provide a service really you're there to help other people get their sort of stories out and at the end of the day you often don't have the final word on how it sounds how the production sounds you know they can make changes and often that's great and it's fine and but there's always that part of you that's just like ah, oh, that's not necessarily how i would do it and most of the time that's totally cool <laughs> like it's really not a problem but once in a while there's there's a few songs sometimes where it's just like ah, oh, you know what what they did with it is great but I kind of feel like there's another version of this song that's waiting that kind of needs to be done like and uh and obviously if you write a song on an acoustic guitar or piano and just piano and vocal or something there's so many ways you can go with it with the production you know what the drums do like you can there's a million options always with how a song gets produced so yeah once in a while it's just like I, I just kind of feel tempted and, and intrigued to kind of show a different light on the song altogether and um yeah crash and burn was one one of those songs where we wrote it the mood the mood of the song when we wrote it was very different to the mood of the final version that kind of got released um and it was recorded and released by an artist called um mellow marino and like came out in 2018 and um yeah she's she's great she's a great artist and um the record is really cool but it's just again it was like oh, I, I kind of just hear guitars on this and i want it to be just a bit spikier and weirder and yeah I just had my own sort of vision for it so I was like okay let's let's do this so um end of last year um in lockdown I I kind of recorded guitars and vocals at home just in my little room where I am right now um and sent my file my my parts to my friend Jonathan Cluth who's a like a big friend and, and like major collaborator of mine with songs and music and he kind of just produced it really, just threw a load of ideas at it. And then we just talked and, and agreed on what was the right direction. And I mean, he's he's insanely good, like he's crazy talented. So generally speaking, what he throws at a song is there's gonna be amazing stuff, like almost guaranteed. <laughs> so that was, yeah, I mean, he, he was his usual brilliant self. So it was like, oh, wow, this is really, really great. And we actually, we we sort of settled on a on a work in progress mix as the final mix because he somehow just captured something really special um spontaneously and every time he kind of went into real mix mode it kind of lost something for me so i was like all right let's just let's just revert back to this kind of spontaneous sort of explosion of ideas feeling um so yeah it was it was a really fun process and it was obviously kind of weird like these days with corona to to do a finished recording of a song without ever being in the room with the other person that you're working with that was odd definitely it's not not what i'm used to so what are some of those challenges um you mentioned that um you know recording from home i mean we're doing this right now you know uh, having an interview over zoom basically how do you go about recording a song like socially distanced well i think 
I mean, these you know, you can just send you can send files around. You can send people stems or wavs of 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 a vocal or a guitar part or whatever, and they can put it into their session and add ideas or edit what you've done. So I think it's it's just a lot of back and forth. You know, it's not. I think it's it's a little bit harder to kind of get decisions made and make a, make can be harder to make progress because it's a lot easier if you're in the room just to kind of feel feel the vibe of whether people are excited about something and like yeah this is great and then you go okay cool then you move on but getting that sort of consensus of like okay cool we've we've made a decision about what the drums are doing or you know any aspect of it um it's a little bit harder to do that on zoom or i don't know by email or something like that it's just a little bit more i don't know a bit more complicated um but it's it's great that it the option exists. I mean, it's not my favorite way to do it, but it's it's a, it's wonderful to at least have have an option. You know, <laughs> over the last year, like you know, I've been able to keep writing songs and been able to you know record and release a song, like a new production of a song, without tr- leaving home. You know, and that has that's that's great in some ways, but obviously it has drawbacks. Like you miss out on the fun part of collaborating with people, and it also just gets a bit you know everyone's experiencing it these days where you just get sick of the same four walls you know but um no I'm, I'm glad it's I'm glad the option is exists and I mean I'm really super happy with the way Crash and Burn turned out I mean I, I wouldn't say like oh you know it would have been so much better if we'd done it in other ways so I couldn't I can't complain really yeah uh, so you are also um a professional songwriter so you're not just a singer songwriter you're also a professional songwriter as you already mentioned so that is probably something that you do regularly now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's all become like the Zoom, the Zoom sessions are the way it seems to be happening these days. Um, I I don't mind it. I mean, I find it works best if you keep it quite relatively short, like three hours max. In the past, obviously, you know, go to a session you you'd expect to be there all day, and maybe even till quite late at night. You know, as long as it as long as you're still being productive and creative but um the way that zoom writing sessions work I th- for me is to do um a real combination of being on the call with the other people and discussing stuff but then everyone goes away for like half an hour or something and so you go okay wh- what are we trying to say here what's the song about what's the tempo what's the vibe so you kind of agree on the basic kind of direction and then everyone just like hits mute and shuts down the camera and just goes off and writes some stuff by themselves and then you kind of come back and go hey here's what I got what have you what have you done and so a combination of writing alone and then just rejoining the call that's that seems to be how it works best for me anyway that does sound like it makes a lot of sense um to have like little breakout sessions yeah exactly it's a weird thing I think that um we have this this combination of like um digital and analog um, working techniques and I feel like creativity is also like a thing that I personally find sometimes really hard to start um, in an online (laughs) process yeah yeah I I feel like mostly I would try and come to a zoom writing session with ideas you know um, the idea of coming on getting on a zoom call with just nothing and trying to make the magic happen I'd find that quite intimidating I think I'd be a bit nervous so um yeah i always do i definitely always come armed with a musical idea or a melody or a lyric like a title or something just to kind of throw something out there and hopefully people hopefully it gets picked up and people want to work on it but yeah um and how is that similar to um like your non-corona uh working um patterns like when when say it's not corona and you are having a songwriting session how would you usually go about that like does does um it always start with someone's idea already or are there sometimes days where you just like all we're all like whatever comes comes and (laughs) i don't know definitely i think you just got to be kind of um open-minded and sort of not too fixed on any on anything really if you know if anyone brings an idea to a session if no one else in the room gets excited about it then you just throw it out like it's it doesn't it doesn't help to help to be kind of um like holding on for dear life to like no this is my thing and it's great and we've got to work on it it's just it's so much about vibe and just having a fun creative it's almost just like a hang where you know you should should really think 
it's all about the feeling in the room. It sounds a bit vague, but like, I think you've got to create an atmosphere that just feels fun and creative and open. And then the song kind of just sort of starts to come on its own in a weird sort of way. And like, everyone throws ideas around and whatever people pick up on and get excited about, then you pursue that idea and maybe it kind of runs out of steam after an hour and, or maybe it ends up being a song. So I think it's, for me, the, the number one thing is, is um, the chemistry and the vibe and any way that the people involved can kind of contribute to that feeling good. And uh, then, then you're on, then you've got a really good chance of writing something cool um and if if somebody in the if like say if it's an artist for example um if they're a little bit nervous about the process or they kind of maybe don't feel like they need any help with their songwriting sometimes people get sent to songwriters by their management or their record company um and they don't personally feel like they need need any help you know so they're a little bit kind of grumpy and resentful about this whole situation so there's times when an artist will just like not suggest any ideas and then they won't they'll kind of sit on the fence about anybody else's ideas they won't kind of go that's terrible or yeah that's cool you know and so you end up in this kind of weird like vibeless awkward sitting on the fence kind of situation and that that just sucks all the kind of energy and enthusiasm out of the room <laughs> pretty quickly so i think the number one thing more than like individual ability or even talent really is just like bringing willingness and positivity and like, yeah, let's do something really cool. You know, that's, that's the number one requirement I would say. It, it's kind of, I, I can kind of um, feel that um, energy that some people might have about their songs. Cause I feel like sometimes if you're not intending to have like input from the outside, sometimes you can be really protective of your little yeah. um, songwriting baby. Absolutely. And it's super, it's very, very natural. I mean, the art, you know, creating something like from thin air, you know, obviously if you think it's good, then you you have strong feelings about it. You feel quite passionate and sometimes very protective, like you said. But um, I always feel like kind of developing that willingness and ability to just be like, no, this, is, this isn't good, forget it. And then it's gone. And just, you could spend half a day working on something. And if you have that moment where you're like, ah, this just isn't that great, then you just got to hit delete and just, forget it like it's gone and move on to the next thing but it can take a lot of practice to be to get to a place where you're okay with that you know and everybody sometimes I regress sometimes <laughs> like I have days where I'm like I can feel myself getting like a bit grumpy that my idea that I thought was really cool just suddenly like died on its ass you know because <laughs> no one else in the room thinks it's great or like no one wants to work on it and it's just like there's you, sometimes you have to kind of tackle that feeling again even if you've been doing it for like for years and years i think it's just part of being being a person really yeah and i i think songwriting in itself is always like a very vulnerable um thing a very vulnerable uh, experience um and i'd like to transition to a song that you released last year actually um i was really um interested in those lyrics because we have i mean we have a lot of discussions about like feminism and masculinity mm. and such things um and if you'd like to share maybe some of the the lyrics from the beginning you, you said something like when i was a boy um can you complete the those lyrics uh, oh in wide open um they always told us little boys don't cry yeah yeah it's basically it's it's kind of an it's about um like you said it's a kind of about vulnerability and i guess around ideas around sort of toxic masculinity you know the the idea that um, that men are brought up with where it's sort of being vulnerable and open uh, and willing and able to access your own emotions and, and sort of share them with somebody else is, isn't, so, isn't a skill that we're kind of encouraged to develop, you know, traditionally, I guess it's, it is, it is changing, but um, yeah, I mean, the song, the original idea came from, actually my wedding my 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 wedding day and um a very very old and dear family friend um gave a speech and he said something about like he's been married for years and years and he said that for him being being able to really sort of be open and 
share his innermost feelings and thoughts and fears with his wife over that all those years was like pretty much his greatest achievement as a person because being able to do that is hard like it's it's really really tough and even not you know even being able to access and understand your own inner world um for anybody is really hard you know <laughs> that's why people go to therapy and do all these do all kinds of things is to kind of figure out what's going on like why do i feel this way and where's it coming from what should i do about it what's the kind of best way to process it and and share what i'm going through with the people who i'm closest to um so i think as a, especially as as men we this idea of what it means to be a man is i think it's really up for new ideas and renewal and being discussed and um yeah i think and i think it's great that it's happening like so even with mental health stuff people are a lot more getting a lot more willing and able to talk about it and talk about struggles and challenges and and, be, and for men to be able to say look i'm not i'm not doing so good right now and you know that losing some of the stigma and the shame that you would feel about saying like okay i'm not a rock i'm not an island i'm not um invulnerable you know so the song is talking about that and in, in definitely in the context of of a relationship where you meet somebody that you that helps you do that and that you that relationship is important enough to you to kind of do the work if you know what i mean like go to those difficult places and and figure out how to um understand what's going on and share it with somebody and it's it's really difficult you know um and i think it kind of is a life's work <laughs> to to do that and to be able to keep doing it and not to sort of close back up again and be protective and protected um so yeah that's that's what the song is kind of tackling i guess yeah what i what i love is the um in the chorus uh, kind of comes to the conclusion you know like you start with uh, the tallest little boys uh, shouldn't cry and or that would be weak or something and then um basically your chorus talks about or comes to the c conclusion that being wide open is actually strength and um that it's um yeah very strong character that is able to do that um and i think that's a very Like personally, I find that very um, encouraging because sometimes when you share emotions or feelings, um, you might feel like very weak or, you know, like very fragile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Switching the narrative about this is, is really, really helpful, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just how you get the benefit, you, you get such amazing benefits from um, from being, um, letting people in, you know, it's actually... It sounds a bit like I don't know. It sounds a bit corny, but like it's a gift to yourself. It's a you know having really deep and rich and honest and open relationships with people is going to give. It just gives you so much, and I think everybody, everyone sustains psychic injuries at various points in their life. And I think if you if you kind of experience those traumas, whatever they are, especially as a kid, you know you kind of. Um, everyone develops mechanisms to kind of cope with, with the world and with life. And sometimes those coping mechanisms end up really making it harder for you to experience love and experience all the best things that life has to offer. So you kind of, you're, you're dealing with this sort of roadmap that's completely weird and <laughs> like wrong and not very helpful. And it's helpful in a sort of simplistic way, but um, yeah, it's just kind of doing the work, really doing the work to kind of be, to share your inner world with somebody else. Yeah, it's not easy. Do you notice other songwriters putting out content like that more? Or is it, um, so because you mentioned it's like, it's a trend in society that might slowly open towards more vulnerability. Um, but do you notice that in other songwriters as well? I, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about if I know of anyone writing actual songs that talk about those kind of issues but I, I definitely see people like over the last year with covid with you know uh, my, my male friends of mine who are artists who are male do generally seem to be a lot more willing to just say oh, i'm having a really rough i'm having a crappy day like i don't yeah it's hard right now um so the soul sort of like stiff upper lip kind of don't ever express anything other than confidence and strength you know i think i see that changing um which is great. I think it's really healthy and important. 
and the more the more people do it the more other people feel okay about doing it you know I think it's like that thing at like at a house party when no one's dancing yet like somebody has to someone has to be the first to get up and dance to make it look like it's okay to do that and then more and more people go oh well if they're doing it then it's fine so I think yeah the more the more people are just talking about yeah their ups and downs and not feeling good and then I think it's really it creates it just makes it more normal you know it makes it more less of a of a sort of scary leap for people yeah that I think that's a very good picture actually and um yeah I think that especially as you said like during corona times um we're forced to be a lot with ourselves and our our thoughts and so being willing to share that with someone even if that's like over like a phone call or a zoom call or something that is um yeah it's very brave and also very very necessary i think in in our time that we're living in right now yeah i was recently also uh writing with with a with a musician a friend who who is also like well um it's actually everything is materially going well or like i have many i'm doing a lot of things so i can't complain but actually it's kind of hard right now and uh, i was like okay you know your feelings are valid mm. just because you have everything um, and certain privileges that doesn't mean that you can't feel exhausted at this point yeah yeah i feel like that's sometimes also a bit toxic when we are like well someone else has it, has it worse so i can't feel exhausted now you know yeah 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 definitely i think that I, i don't know about you but i've noticed that sort of um that kind of productivity um sort of indoctrination you know um, and sometimes social media doesn't really help with that when it's you know you you can't you know you you compare yourself to other people and it's like somebody's constantly post posting pictures of themselves working out and then you're like oh man I haven't done any exercise for a week and like I don't know that feeling that every minute of every day needs to be sort of spent bettering yourself and like being your best self and being in amazing shape and like having tons of work opportunities and having an amazing relationship and um everything being on such this kind of high octane level and I don't know it's just a bit unrealistic and especially yeah like now with corona like the last couple of weeks I've just had to give myself some downtime just yeah just actually spend three hours in the afternoon just doing nothing and, and really like it's necessary yeah it's almost like you have to put it in the diary like today I'm going to do nothing like block it out block out the time yeah And feeling and feeling like you can give yourself that and not feel guilty or feel like oh no there's all this stuff I should be doing and and, all, and being and learning how to um, really kind of experience and enjoy when something does go well you know that that whole kind of always onwards 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 more 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 mindset which I I absolutely suffer from mm -hmm. you know it's just to go hey you know you did a thing and you did it really well you know you did that thing and you made that happen. You know, you got that team of songwriters together and you wrote a cool song. Um, and that was, you know, you were a big part of that. Like, just give yourself a little bit of a, you're doing okay, you know. <laughs> like mm -hmm. to, to give yourself yeah. credit too, yeah. I think that's very important to even have, like, um, the strength to, to start a new project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, for me, I find um, sort of reconnecting to things that I just really, really enjoy doing with music, which is playing the guitar, basically. It's probably with most fun and sort of like this kind of self-renewing resource of, of enjoyment and positivity with music is, is just picking up a guitar and just playing whatever. Um, so sometimes I just give myself some time to just sit down and noodle around on the guitar or, or just or practice, you know, specific things. And and quite often some, I'll play something just without thinking about it and I think, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, and I'll make a little voice memo recording of it. And oftentimes um, a song will come out of just this little nugget of music. Um, there's a song that's kind of getting, that I'm involved in that's sort of getting demoed at the moment with an artist in the UK where the, like I was saying before, like the, we had a Zoom session and I kind of was like, oh, I've got this little riff. What do you think? So that my offering was this little musical idea that just came from, just having kind of free free time with my guitar like unstructured sort of time and uh, and they liked it and it kind of became like the starting point of the song and the, and the verse melody is actually the the kind of melody in in this little guitar riff um 
so it's almost like some, sometimes you do things that don't feel like a big deal, but out of them can come solid, concrete things that are somehow more tangible, you know. So those kind of fallow periods are actually can be really productive in a sort of longer, longer term way. Yeah, that is that is actually really um, like counterintuitive, mm. right? Sometimes if we, if I sit down and I focus and I tell myself to do this, then I'm gonna have the idea or the breakthrough. Sometimes precisely because you're not uh, being very like productive, quote unquote, you are yeah. getting ahead in what you want to do. Um, yeah. That is that is very very interesting. Yeah, and I think that, like I don't know about you, but um, I'm, with meditation, I've been sort of it's it's been something I've been wanting to get get more into and really devote energy and time to uh, for ages. And I've sort of dipped into it and been quite good with doing it regularly. And then I've kind of let it, like let it slide away a bit. But over the last couple of weeks, I've been uh, really really doing it every day. Um, there's on Netflix. There's the, this meditation. Oh no! Is it mindfulness? The the guy Andy who does the app, the the mindfulness app, I think it's called. Um, anyway, he's done he's like a Netflix version of of that with with cool kind of animated visuals, and I just found that really really good, and um, it's really amazing. <laughs> Stating the obvious, I'm just I think I'm really feeling it for the first time in my life. Actually, the the benefits of meditation. It kind of he said this one thing that um that really stayed with me which is like you can actually rediscover your 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 love of life your your lust for life and your love of be of experiencing things and being alive because i think we can all get so bogged down in uh yeah success achievement status money um and and, and maybe and the, the things the sadnesses that we all carry around with us from things that happened in the past it can kind of become like this version of an identity that is sort of struggling a lot of the time. And I think meditating seems to be a way where you can actually really break through that and really kind of re reimagine your day day to day experience of the world, you know? So I'm 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 totally at the beginning of it really, but I'm I'm feeling like quite blown away by what I've the little glint the glimpses I've had so far of what's possible with meditation so that's my latest i'm quite excited about it actually that's great yeah. um, i've been trying it for um on and off as you said and i but i i also realized that sometimes it's just um it to me it's also like um like one of those moments where you give yourself permission to just like be mm, exactly and also like uh, uh, you know allowing people to have their own experience of of what you do i think um like with releasing music with with my own stuff um it's not really up to me whether a song connects with other people and or whether it doesn't you know and there's you know you do your work and you do your best and you have fun with it and put it out and then it's it's on to it's out there in the world for people to experience and it's amazing to hear you say you know that song had an impact um but it's sort of just let let things go let let things be out there and and Uh, release them literally <laughs> release them like on the internet but then release them into the world um, yeah and just sort of move on and let let people have their own opinions of your work and even and actually of you as well like you don't have to um, be popular and liked by ev everyone and yeah so um there's one last song I'd like to um address because that's some one of the the most recent songs you published um and that's called uh, stranger's eyes right maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and and what you mean by stranger's eyes um yeah i wrote that with um my very good friend of mine called freddie dixon who's um a british artist who lives actually in berlin now um we met probably two years ago and so became friends straight away and we just decided to get together and try writing a song or two together, just me and him. And um, yeah, the song happened pretty, came together pretty quickly, like quite easily, which is usually a good sign, <laughs> where it sort of feels like it's just kind of materializing out of, out of thin air. Um, and I think the theme of the song is, 
I wouldn't say it's necessarily directly from either of our personal experience. It's kind of a story really about somebody who has become, yeah, has become jaded and um, exhausted by life from having some heartbreaks or having some um, letdowns or disappointments. And eventually they kind of carry around those disappointments and heartbreaks as a kind of what they expect to, to happen. Um, I always have this this idea that sometimes when people get very cynical, it's because they're trying to beat bad luck to the punch. They're trying to, like, before a bad thing can happen, they're like, oh, well, I knew that was going to happen, you know. So it's almost like you have this armor on where it's like, oh, I knew that was going to be shitty. <laughs> like, so you're you're like, it doesn't get to you. You know, you're ready for it. You're like, oh, yeah, of course, I, I was, I, I, I knew that wasn't going to work out, you know. Um, so that sort of cynicism becomes like a defense um, mechanism. So I guess the story is about somebody who's in that state and they kind of just, yeah, just like not in love with life anymore. Um, And then the idea is that they're out and, you know, in a bar and they see someone and kind of maybe catch eyes with somebody. And there's that instance of attraction and that kind of spark of potential and possibility and magic. And that moment just gives them a kind of glimpse of, hey, life can be really awesome <laughs> um so that's kind of what it's what it's about really just like having a moment where you go actually yeah maybe things can be great and maybe i should believe again you know believe in a new version of life being full of magic and full of excitement and possibility so yeah so yeah that song just ends with that line i think i found love in a stranger's eyes so it's Daring to daring to give life another chance, I guess, is the easiest way of putting it. That is that is very interesting. Um, just even this like relation between seeing someone and being seen, and and that opening up a new way of looking at life in general. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's I I think that's um something that ties actually really well into our conversation today because um you know we uh, we talked about having a lot to do with yourself. And your own perspective and how it's freeing to have someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is um, a very, very um, <laughs> relevant message, I feel. Um, so um, I know that from some songwriters, they feel like they can only write songs when they um, are going through some really heavy stuff. Or like mm. they feel like they can only write sad songs or right. something like that. How do, how do you go about this? Or have you had similar... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I, I would tend to... I don't know with my own songs I don't know if there are any really that are straight up happy <laughs> like lyrically I'm trying to think I mean Astronaut's quite a happy song um, but there's always a bit of bittersweetness I think in the lyrics but I mean music wise if, if the end result is something that makes people feel good then then that's ace that's brilliant I'm not I don't have any like disappointment <laughs> to hear in hearing that but um, yeah I think I can't remember who said it, but there's. A, I heard a quote years ago that was like, "If like happiness writes white, like happiness is invisible when you when you're creating, and it's sort of hard to. It's a hard feeling to kind of encapsulate. I think it can be. I mean, probably my favorite band of all time is the Beatles, um, and so many of their songs are just really, really happy and sunny. And I guess it's the Paul McCartney thing is like his his writing is tends to be quite sunny and up you know um so yeah i mean i don't know i think i always i tend to like music that has, has a bit of a bittersweet thing going on i love the beach boys and in 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 the most kind of sunshiny songs of theirs there's always an undercurrent of struggle or sadness or something going on in the lyrics especially when you know the story of brian wilson and what he's been through and I find that fascinating. I, I almost feel like if something is just happy and just smiley and sunshiny, I feel like, okay, cool. But eh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to investigate, dig into it so much. Like there's, there's not that much there. <laughs> it's not to say that being just in a great mood and being really jubilant and happy isn't wonderful. Of course it is. But just in, when it comes to art and music, I don't know. I just find it a bit more interesting when there's more going on. Yeah. I mean, I love Phoebe Bridges, for example, who's just her music and songs are generally very sad. But 
I never, I never get that feeling of like some people are like, oh, it makes me want to kind of cut, cut my wrists. It's so sad. It's like, I never feel that way with sad music. It's just, if it's good, then I want to hear it. I want to listen to it and I'll get something positive out of listening to it. I never have that feeling of like, oh, this is going to make my mood worse. The only music that makes my mood worse is terrible music. <laughs> and that can sometimes be the, hap- the happiest sounding music in the world. Like a lot of very com- like overtly radio orientated tunes just make me kind of I can't bear it like it's really annoying and puts me in a terrible mood so I got some a little bit kind of um contrarian in that way but I mean I think that um it does make sense because I think happiness is also or it can be a complex emotion you know it's not like a like a like a pure like um I mean I feel like there's various kinds of happiness you know like there's maybe like a very pure like Uh, childish happiness mm. maybe yeah. where you're just like really really happy and and then i think there's also a happy, happiness that comes from um reconciling with the with the ups and downs in life um and um where it's you know you are happy uh although there's stuff going on yeah um, but what kind of music did you what what did you grow up with music wise what were the sort of artists or bands that you really fell in love with at the beginning Well, I really love the Beatles too. They are they are just amazing. Um, and uh, just um, I really love George Harrison <laughs> in particular. It's like it puts me in the best mood when I hear like uh, his riffs, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is George Harrison. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, who else? I I really actually love. Or during my teenage years, I de- developed a really big love for um, like classic rock. Yeah. That's that's I I adore that world as well. Definitely. So it's it's a uh, I I was a little bit lonely with that because I feel like it, in in my age group there weren't a lot of people who appreciated classic rock. <laughs> When you say classic rock, who do you, give me some names? Like who do you, who you who do you mean? Well, I I had this huge '60s phase, so everything, uh, Clapton, Hendrix, Beatles, who else? I don't know all the other boy groups, <laughs> the, uh, the animals. <laughs> so it was the boy boy bands when it was like guys with really bad teeth from the uk and like slightly weird haircuts strangely though not the rolling stones so much maybe it's because there's still this weird divide between stones and, and yeah no, I, yeah i'm same i'm i'm all in with the beatles and always have been but i appreciate the stones but i've never like really listened to the music and i somehow just doesn't quite grab me as much as it does for obviously tons of people but yeah i'm, I'm with you on that one There's a brilliant um, that there's a documentary on Netflix with about I think it's called Ole 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 I think it's about the Stones when they went on tour in I think Cuba and South America I think it's maybe about like five years old but that's brilliant that's really worth watching that um, they seem very very charming like as people um, as you'd expect and and it's a lot of it's about the fans and just how much the band mean to the fans and especially in Argentina where like people are just completely fanatical about them. Um, that was a lovely documentary. I really enjoyed that one. It's well, I think it's wonderful that they still are the Rolling Stones now as these old guys. I think it's brilliant. Like people used to give them such a hard time for like, oh, these old rockers, wrinkly rockers, and they should pack it in and retire. It's like, no, why? Why should they? They're still great. And it's almost the fact that they're in their 70s just makes it fascinating in a whole new way. Um, they've got so much to say and so many stories and obviously it's pretty miraculous that Mick Jagger can like run about and leap around for two hours on stage at, you know, and it's brilliant. It makes me think, Oh wow. Being 80 odd or like late seventies. That's fantastic. It's fine. It's like, get old, get, get the old rocks. <laughs> Cause like I used to, I used to think about somebody in the late seventies or early or like 80 and just think, Oh my God, they're just so ancient and their mind's probably gone and they can barely walk. And they're just like this wreck of a person. Um, And it's brilliant to have people who, re- who kind of redefine the idea of getting older or even getting old and make it seem like, oh, it's great, it's fine. You know, there's so much ageism, you know, these days. Or like, I guess there always has been, but and it, and music, the music industry is horrific for ageism. Like, if you're above 27, you're basically really old <laughs> in music, which makes me feel like properly old seeing as I'm in my 40s. So, but it's just like, and, I, and sometimes I have that thing of like, oh, does anyone, you know, Who cares about what some guy who's in his 40s who's a dad has to say about life? Like, who who gives a crap? It's, you're old. You're like, I, I give myself that I'm old kind of 
crap oh, wow. quite a lot and it's 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 really dumb it's really pointless and yeah like seeing people like that who are still really vital and making cool music and you know 30 years from my age doing brilliant that's that's awesome definitely i that's um also very much um i agree with that like and also like people like bruce springsteen or uh, other people where i'm just like okay well they are still like doing their thing and they're not apologetic about it um and they're still funny and i don't yeah. know like uh, interested in in, in others definitely or in like paul mccartney uh, he did his his last album that he made in lockdown he he got a load of other artists to re reinvent it reimagine it and, and even things like that it's like oh, that's a cool idea like give your album to a bunch of younger artists to just mess with the songs and reproduce them and cover them or do whatever and it's like he's still being inventive and open-minded you know for after so many decades in music it's it's really inspiring um also i think to 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 come back to your your comment about age i think just to my own opinion about this is that you know honestly like um if you i mean there's some exceptions like i don't know billy eilish or justin bieber people who are really young who mm -hmm. just make a big break and they get to work with a lot of amazing producers as well and um i feel like that's a very um a very luck based thing you know like i feel like an, like a normal um person probably you know the the experience comes with with the age and with the with um with actually doing projects and i think that's um it's very hard to compare yourself to like very very young absolutely i mean you know the percentage of people who do have that kind of crazy global success is so so tiny um I think it's a combination of luck and also just they're really good. They're amazing at what they do. And they were lucky enough, I guess, to sort of have a team around them from an early age of producers and co-writers and managers. And like, you need that. You know, no one, I don't think anybody breaks out at a young age and has massive success and they've done it all themselves. I think that's literally like impossible. Um, you need the support, you need the team, you need the, the kind of, yeah, that, that, sort of people who can get you into the industry and represent you and help you not to get ripped off or help you not to get completely and i mean and i think they both both of those examples that you cited have had had really tough times with the success um and and struggled with it and haven't found it all rosy to be in that position um who is it i listened to a podcast with uh actually sam smith the other day and he said I don't care what you say, but becoming really famous is a trauma. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I can imagine being like a massive celebrity, like A, a at a young age and B, very suddenly, it's going to be pretty weird, pretty crazy. And um, there's another one uh, with Robbie Williams, actually, where he was saying that um, the height of his fame and success was when he was at his most miserable and most hating his life and hating himself and... So I think as much as as much as if I could click my fingers and have a have a global smash, I would do it. But I think it comes with definitely comes with struggles and challenges, and yeah, I think it's uh yeah it's a it's not it's not as um, um simple as it might appear to be, I guess. Definitely, and and um, it's like the artists sometimes like the commercially very successful artist is like the tip of the iceberg and then there's like all kinds of like usually um a great team yeah. hopefully yeah yeah i feel like some artists um had really bad or i i mean i can't really judge them because i don't know them but like people like amy winehouse for example i mm -hmm. feel like somebody should have <laughs> should have had like her personal interest in mind as well absolutely and, and it's yeah a very good example i mean have you seen that documentary about her the i think it's called amy It's really, it's very sad. It's very, very good, but it is really quite heartbreaking. Because um, she said, it, which in one point she said, well, like it, her friend is recounting a story where she she'd said to her, if I could um, give, if I could give up, not just my fame, if I could give up my talent to just be able to walk down the street like anybody else, I would give up my talent. And for her to say that as one of the great singers and artists of the last 30 years, that's that's quite intense. Um, and like you say, it's really, it's, it's, it's when you, when you get a feeling like all the people around someone like that, who should be there to protect them, get sort of like seduced by the glamour and the money and the, 
you know, they want a bit of that. They want a bit of it for themselves. So they, this kind of demon in them takes over when they should be just being a friend or a parent or a, you know, support. But um, yeah, that's that's a good one. The Whitney Houston one is also really sad. <laughs> There's a lot of these documentaries that are like, yeah, quite heartbreaking about people like, yeah, crazy talented people who didn't, you know, things didn't, yeah, they had hard lives, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like I'm also thinking of Billie Holiday. I was I was like she's she like they are like such amazing like literal like what do we call stars like you know they shine so bright. How would anyone like treat them badly or how would they, you know how how could anyone like dare to break their heart almost? But often they've been going through some really heavy stuff and maybe maybe sometimes they feel like or people are like you you have everything you want. Why can't yeah. you keep your stuff together? Why can't you keep keep your life together? Um, you're literally being fed with a silver spoon, basically. And 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 then again, you, but, but that mental health uh, affects everyone. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, someone like Chris Cornell um, from I mean, Soundgarden were a huge, big part of my teenage life. Um, like was with those kind of that, that era of like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and stuff. And for someone like Chris Cornell to end his own life is, you think, oh my God, he's like unbelievably beautiful human being crazy talented one of the great rock singers of ever you know he's been in multiple very successful bands obviously you know he's got plenty of money he's like loved and and respected by millions of people around the world he's a, a father of what three three kids i mean what what more could how how could someone not be loving life you know but like yeah that that mental health you know depression and 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 having a maybe having a self image that is really negative and it, it seems like it's there's no you can't just like give someone a spoon of medicine and it's all gone and money and success don't seem to do the job <laughs> so i think it's we can't we can't assume things about people i, I feel like yeah many um many artists or very successful people um then turn back to things like meditation or faith and uh just the the basic mm-hmm the basics yeah. in their life to to get grounded again and to um to feel connected to to the rest of the world right yeah but just being being normal just being being a person must be quite hard when you're really really famous you know <laughs> just think oh, i want to go for a walk and then you have to think ah oh, but uh, maybe i'm going to get hassled by people and people are going to be taking pictures of me and just something as simple as going for a half hour walk around the block to clear your, clear your head or something. You have to think of all this other stuff that might happen that is going to be stressful. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we should uh, come to a close because we I feel like we could just keep talking and <laughs> talking. Yeah, totally. Because it's, yeah, I mean, those are just really relevant topics. And um, for, for what I think might be interesting just... Um, for for listeners of this podcast even and what i what i try to ask everyone is like what kind of advice would you have maybe for a younger you <laughs> or for someone uh, who's who's starting out with um songwriting or who wants to become maybe a professional songwriter or something like that um yeah i would say connecting with people having a network having your sort of community and your team of fellow musicians and fellow writers is really, really important. And I think for myself as, a, as an introvert, that took a while to um, achieve that situation because my, my natural state was to be very kind of in my in my own world and sort of be quite cut off from people. Um, and I think you, you kind of can find your own way of doing it that feels authentic. Like some people can do that version of networking where if they're at like a music biz party, and they spot someone that they want to kind of be in with, they can just go up to them and, and do it like just like like a laser kind of thing. And some people have that <clears throat> have that talent, um, and I definitely don't have that thing. So it kind of has to happen a bit more organically. Um, I remember the other not too long ago, I was um, I went to see Snow Patrol with uh, um, an artist called Josh Savage, who I wrote a song with last couple of years ago, and um, he'd become sort of on like chatting terms with um with Gary Lightbody, the singer from Snow Patrol. So he had these kind of like tickets with backstage passes and stuff. So we went to went to the gig and went backstage afterwards and um uh it was the um, 
singer Gary was there and um, a guy called Johnny McDade, who's in Snow Patrol, but he's also a massively successful like songwriter. He co-wrote Shape of You with Ed Sheeran. And anyway, he's like a big deal, like proper mega success songwriter. Um, and I was chatting with the guitarist who unfortunately his name has escaped me, but he was super, super nice guy, really friendly and just chatting away and stuff. And <laughs> over in the corner was this Johnny McDade dude and I was part of me was like, oh God, as a, as a sort of, as a career-minded person, if I was a really a career-minded sort of ambitious guy, I would like end this conversation with this guy and then go over to that Johnny McDade guy and somehow get talking to him and somehow say, hey, we should write a song together and like just kind of get in with him. But I knew I knew immediately it's like, well, I, I, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm like, I'm not that guy. It's, it would be, of course, I'd love to like, write a song with somebody like that even just out of curiosity and yeah you know obviously it'd be amazing to write a massive hit song with a massive hit songwriter <laughs> I wouldn't be complaining but like in the past I probably would have given myself a hard time afterwards like oh you idiot you should have found a way to talk to that guy and like get his number and become friends with him for kind of career advancement reasons and I would probably would have kicked myself for not being not engineering that situation but it was a bit like it's like, oh, come on, I'm not, I'm just not, that's not me. I, I can't, it feels too fake. It feels too kind of forced. It feels too kind of cringy and awkward. And plus it's, plus it's a bit rude because I'm having a nice conversation with someone else. <laughs> so it would be, it would be really kind of like obvious if I was like, can I stop you? Um, I just want to, I want to talk to that guy over there because he's really successful and I want to be really successful. <laughs> so I just felt like there's no way of doing this without being a bit of a dick. So just forget it. Like, don't worry about it. Um, so anyway, that's a kind of rambling version of saying like building a network and a community, but in a way that feels sort of authentic and real. And that can take it, it can take some time and, and, you know, you have to find ways to be out there, especially now with Corona. It's obviously there aren't those kind of like meetups and like open mic nights or gigs or whatever, where you can just get talking to somebody kind of naturally. And they're like, oh, I'm a producer and oh, I'm a songwriter. OK, cool. Maybe we should do something. And for me, it always it always. I built my kind of musical community um, just kind of through friendship, really, just through getting on with people and meeting people and having a laugh, having fun. And, and then you kind of do some music. And if it goes well, then you do it again. And if it doesn't go well, then maybe you don't do it again. And um, But I'd say having, yeah, having a community and a network is really, really important professionally because um, you never know where an opportunity might arise. Like everyone has their, like everyone knows a few people in the industry. And maybe if you put three people together, then that's three times as many possible ways into a label or, oh, uh, so, 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 this label's just signed an artist, but they need songs and maybe you guys are going to be the right team. So maybe you should do a day with the artist. And so you don't know how you're going to get a break. And the more kind of doors that could be opened through knowing people and working with people, it makes it more likely to, to happen. But also on a just on a personal level, I think having a community can really help through the, th the tough times. You know, if you're feeling really uh, frustrated or if you have a big disappointment, like if you're writing with some major label artist and your song is going to be the first single and it's all super exciting and then they change their minds at the last minute and all the artist gets dropped just before the album comes out that you've worked on for a year. All that stuff is happens. It's going to happen. So I think if you can just sort of have a beer with somebody and be like, oh man, I'm so gutted. And and they'll have stories that are the same. They'll be like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. I, I was going to get cut with this big DJ and then it was down to the last two and then they chose the other one and it's like, shit, that was going to be life-changing, but it's not happening. And if you can have people where you can kind of laugh and end up laughing about it because it's just part of the experience. So I think building building community is massive. Yeah, it's super important. And, and also just have fun and stay in love with music um yeah that's that's one of the big reasons why i actually do an artist project um is just to have real fun with music and sort of stay in love with it and just do music where i don't have to compromise like i was saying at the beginning kind of not having to just being being able to be quite self-indulgent and be like yeah i want loads of guitars on these songs and even though guitars have been a little bit out of fashion for a while like, okay, there's going to be solos, there's going to be actual guitar solos, and there's going to be, just do it your way and just have a blast with it and just be in love with the process. And um, 
yeah because oftentimes when you're writing for others like i was saying it's it's not up to you how it sounds at the end and it's not yeah it's not your thing it's somebody else's thing so i think having having ways to just really stay to keep that sort of little flame safe and burning away you know the little candle of just loving music and loving the process um it's important to protect that because i think if that gets if that goes it can just get to be the frustrating aspects of it and the stressful aspects of it and how hard it is to make money those sides of it can sort of take over to a point where you just don't feel yeah don't feel in love with the idea of writing a song particularly you know uh, yeah how do you personally i mean you just mentioned that you like experience experimented a bit with um with uh, arrangements but like how do you personally do you have a tip to keep that that flame alive the inspiration um for music um just listening to new music a lot um it's really good um, there's a guy called Hen you know henry rollins he was like a punk rock singer and a poet and a sort of performance artist um and he was on the joe rogan podcast and he said um when it comes to listening to music he he has this philosophy where it's like monday to friday um is uh protein music so if you think of it in terms of like working out <laughs> and what you should what you should eat if you're working out a lot like in monday to friday is protein so it's all new music it's all kind of challenging music it's discovering and finding new artists that you can get excited about and then the weekend is carbohydrates so the weekend is just sitting around eating like chips and um just comfort food and listening to nothing but led zeppelin and the beatles <laughs> sort of music songs that you've heard thousands of times but they just feel great because it's like in your dna so i thought that was brilliant like making sure you have you challenge yourself with your listening and yeah discovering new artists i think is like yeah i feel I don't know, phoebe bridges or um i love soccer mommy she's amazing that that the last record the um i think it's called color theory that's just such a great album yeah yeah that, that would have been my next question who who are you listening to right now um so uh, you just mentioned two um is there is there anyone you want to give a shout out to maybe um as far as people i know from my own sort of musical community um yeah freddie dixon is great really really great artist and definitely kind of nick cave quite sort of film noiry atmospheric but a really great singer great songwriter great performer um he's a he's a hot tip and yeah a band called varley actually spelled v-a-r-l-e-y they're amazing um i've worked with them quite a bit on different things like the singer claire ann uh, we actually wrote my song uh, whatever your heart desires together and she sings on it as well um so we wrote that one together and uh, Yoshka, he was also in in varley produced that song and he's mixed loads of my other songs um And he's done bits. Of, <clears throat> he's done bits of production on on a few others, and I'm definitely going to be working with him again, um, and also writing with Claire Ann. In fact, Freddie. Speaking of those two, Freddie uh, and Claire Ann and me have kind of started a little little songwriting club. The three of us. Um, so we've only written two so far, but they're both actually really good. Um, so I'm hoping to do more writing with the with both of them. Yeah. So Varley and Freddie. Yeah, I'm sure there's others, but those two spring to mind. I think it's good to main mention two, then they will stick to our memory. <laughs> Valley are doing really, really well, actually. They're, they're, they're really growing. I wouldn't be surprised if in, you know, in, in six months, people have heard of them and are hearing them on the radio. So, yeah, I think they're, uh, they're building nicely. Yeah. Um, and so how, where can we uh, find you um, online or where, where can we find your stuff, like your music? Yeah, well, m my... Um, My artist stuff is on like Spotify and Apple Music and Tidal is just as Charlie Grant, Charlie with um, IE. Um, yeah, and then uh, social media wise, this my Facebook is uh, the Charlie Grant page, and then uh, Instagram is um, Charlie LT Grant official. I think. Oh God, <laughs> my phone is is upstairs. Um, maybe if you put the, if you put a link in the notes or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't do Twitter. I can't be bothered. So just those two really. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for the great chat. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. 
If you did, head on over to social media and let's connect there. Thanks again and talk to you soon. I'm sliding over, I know you like me, and she